The international is dragging on and on. There is light at the end of the tunnel. Joe's here. I'm here. It's another United Happy Hour. Welcome to another edition of the United Happy Hour. I am Paul Equestel. I am joined, as always, by my great buddy Joe. Tuesday, there's some more international football to maybe wet our beak, but the horizon for club football, we could see it. It's in the distance. We're getting there. Joe, how are we doing? Yeah, we can see it, mate, in the distance. And we would have probably been even more excited about this weekend, Paulie, had they not put us to 8 o'clock on, on the evening, mate, with I think we play the following Tuesday. Is that right against Istanbul? Or Yeah, that is right. Uh, like I've said, in America, those those late games, they suck. Uh, it's just too late in the day for me. 3 o'clock, oh, that's uh, fine for the Champions League. It's brutal for the Premier League. It's so annoying. It kind of throws a wrench in my day for a whole bunch of different reasons, but whatever we're back. Uh, last time we played that three o'clock game was against Newcastle. We won. So that's good. Uh, this is the United, the United happy hour. We are presented by the elite football show. Don't forget to like and subscribe, smash that subscribe button. We are just a few off of 700. I believe, uh, whatever the numbers are from five off 700. So let's get that. Make big boss hater happy. Um, I'm sorry, my Joe knows this better than anybody. My head is all over the place today. Get involved in the comments. Join the conversation. We want to hear from you. I already see we've got the green devil here. And what's up to you as well? Let's get ourselves started, Joe. It's an international break. Uh, like we said last week, there's international break bingo. Paul Pogba to Real Madrid is your is your free square. And then the other thing that happens in international break is we do all the dumb stories in that first week. Then we play some games over the weekend and then we come back on Monday and nobody really knows what to do. So they kind of just recycle stories. Yeah. And somehow we're France played on Saturday and we're just recycling Paul Pogba stories again. Let's find out what's going on on social media in these days. So what's on social media today is the title, Paulie, but I guess it's a case of what's been on social media for the whole international break. As we know, we guessed it before the international break started, Paulie, and it hasn't disappointed us, and it's carried on this week. And it's surrounding Paul Pogba again, and, and this idea of some comments that he made, obviously, I think, was it just after France's second game of the break, I think? And it, yes, second game, yeah, where, just, they, just, where they beat Bruno's Portugal. Yeah, exactly. Just suggesting this idea that, it's been a breath of fresh air for him uh, going away with, with France and getting away from what he describes as probably the toughest part of his career uh, to date. I mean, we'll get into his comments and the meaning of them um, a little bit later on, Paulie, but what do you actually make of that whole story that's been reported? I really don't make much of it at all, um, and you could catch all of this in more in-depth uh, yesterday, we did an episode of Hater and Paulie on the Elite Football Show, and that is posted to YouTube right now and where I go very in-depth. I don't make a big deal out of this because 
you know, what is he saying that's not true? Uh, it's the most difficult part of his career. Yeah, he's been on the bench. He's not playing well. He knows that that's that he's got nobody to blame but himself for that. He's he's working hard, and the results aren't coming, and that's frustrating. Um, to say it's a breath of fresh air, of course it is. You know, I used the example uh, yesterday with Hader. It's like when you go to Union, you come back home and see your mates home for two weeks, and that's great. And you have a blast doing that and you have a lot of fun. Yeah. That doesn't mean you don't love your mates back at uni. That doesn't mean you don't want to go back to, to uni. It's just a different atmosphere. And, and he's having a lot of fun. What I, the thing about this is, is just, he brings it upon himself because he's always saying something and you, you, I know why he doesn't speak to the English. He doesn't speak to the English media that often. And I know why, uh, because why would you, they always are going to, turn his words against him. English is not his first language. They will always turn his words against him. Um, So I get why he doesn't talk to them. He talks to the French media, but like the thing is that the English media then gets to translate your words from French where there could be, you know, a tone or a word or just a saying or a phrase that gets lost in translation. So it's interesting that he really fully talks to uh, the French media as much as he does, because this is exactly what will happen. So in that regard, he brings it upon himself. Now <coughs> it is, it is weird. It is frustrating. He keeps, he doesn't talk about United much. He does talk about a lot of other things. And that's why I think it's understandable that he, you know, fans are, are ready to say he should be leaving and not just maybe he should leave, but, but fans, why they suggest maybe he doesn't want to be here. You know, he is the only thing he has ever said is maybe it's time for a new challenge. He has never said, I want to leave. And I was always under the impression that he was happy in Manchester. To me, he was happy in Manchester. If Real Madrid came calling, he was going to leave but he wasn't saying to his agent, I'm unhappy, get me out of here. It was, I'm happy here. If one specific team comes, then I'll go there. But now you, you, you really do wonder how happy is he? And, you know, we, we got our, our buddy Kieran tweeting about that, basically saying United have this problem. And look, they're not going to be able to sell him. Um, that's, yeah. that's, a, that's a different story. And I just, I just wrote about this over, you can go to the Busby babe. It's on the front page. They're not gonna be able to sell him this summer. Uh, nobody, because that requires somebody being able to pay a transfer fee to buy him. And nobody is like the, the report, there was a report that came out today, um, that just said United, uh, Barcelona and Real Madrid are losing even more money than it, than originally anticipated. And La Liga just lowered their salary cap because the Spanish leagues, they don't have money. They're being, they're really being impacted by COVID. So, you know, he's not going to leave. He's there's, there's nowhere for him to go. Um, and that's the thing. And that's why you get fans tweeting. The interesting thing around this story for me though, because this sort of coincides with, and you put my lovely reply up there as well, Paulie, which I'm sure you're going to talk about a bit later on, but, my, my thing with this, Paulie, is is this idea of him signing a new contract, because that's another story that's obviously come out during the international break, which it always does. We have stories of him going and stories of an international uh, of a new contract. But the idea of a new contract is, 
are United giving him a new contract now, basically, to either because they believe in him long term and they want to continue this idea of Paul Pogba being the future of United, or is it more to protect the asset that is Paul Pogba? And obviously, the longer he has on this contract, um, the, the more valuable he'll be for when someone eventually can pay a transfer fee. What do you feel about this idea of United wanting to tie him down on a new contract? So they need, I hope that they are not, I hope that they get rid of, that they forget the term tie him down to a new contract or to protect, protect the asset. Yeah. yeah. Forget that term. It doesn't exist anymore. We have seen, this is what we discussed last week with James Tarkowski is the, the 100 million pound deals aren't going to 27 and 28 year olds anymore. They are going to 22 and 23 year olds. So yeah. you, if you tie up Paul Pogba, then you're just getting into a Phil Jones, Marcos Rojo situation. Yeah. If you give him a massive raise, and etc. Now, I think Paul Pogba is most valuable if they let him run out his contract. Let him play this year. Let him play next year. Don't worry about his fee. If he's best coming off the bench, he's best coming off the bench. If that's working and we're winning, by all means. Nobody is going to come in right now based on his current form and try to take a transfer fee and buy him. Yeah. If he all of a sudden rediscovers his world-class form, then maybe we're talking. But if that's the case, then he's doing great for United. And why would you want to sell him? Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and if they offer enough money, then you absolutely sell him no matter what kind of form he's on. But if, if he runs out his contract, he's going to go where the money is. And if he runs out his contract and he leaves, by all means, uh, leave. But if at that point, United might be the team that can offer him the most money. Yeah. On free. Just to re-sign your contract. But in that case, you get to re-sign him on your terms. Say, this is your role. You're going to, you know, you're going to play. You're only going to start three out of every five games. You're going to come off the bench a lot. Um, And therefore, these are the wages we're going to offer you for that role. And if he doesn't agree to that, then goodbye. And he'll take less money somewhere else. Or he'll agree to that. And that's, and then you have a very good player for the foreseeable future who is also not, a key component, it, you know, he understands this is the role I signed up for. The yeah. what we what we see here is in this tweet, and what you said was, I think is something that a lot of fans agree, is the sentiment of a lot of fans. Is the problem is we just Karen says on his day, there's nobody better, and that's true. Yeah. The problem is we don't see those days often enough. Yeah. And that got me thinking because that. You know, people always say, oh, he's, he doesn't show up in the big games. And, you know, United are a better team without him in the big games. Yeah. And so I looked into that. And it happens to be, it happens to be not true. As you can see, they are, they get more points when he plays against City than when he doesn't. Um, they get the, they, people, they love to bring up, oh, you know, when has he had a good game against Liverpool? The last time he played Liverpool, was under Ali Solskjaer, where we had three injuries in the first half, and we said the only way we're getting out of this is to lock up and play and go for a nil-nil. And and Pogba was tremendous in that game defensively. Since Pogba arrived back at United, we have played Liverpool, I think, seven times. We have beaten them once. Pogba just didn't happen to play in that game, and that's why everybody remembers it. But they're just as good with him or without him. And against Chelsea, they're slightly worse. Um, 
Tottenham, they are slightly worse because he was on the pitch for the 6-1. He was, uh, he did start in the, in the last time Mourinho faced Tottenham where they just destroyed us as well. Uh, we have never beaten Arsenal without Pogba. Chelsea, though, is interesting because in the last two years, we have played Chelsea now, what, five times? Yeah. Uh, in three of them, he's been available. Two of them, he's not. The two he has not been available, we won. The three that he has been available, he's only started once, and we won that game. We didn't win the other two. Yeah. Um, we did catch a draw um, without him against Tottenham, but that should also – we did we did get a draw without him. We have won twice, but yeah. – that should be noted that he came off the bench to to win the penalty to secure that draw. Yeah. The other, the other thing is, and there was another, um, so, you know, against the big teams, it's not like he's not showing up. He just, he hasn't played against them in a while. He was injured all year last year. We only played Chelsea and he played Arsenal on one foot. And then by the time he came back, he had missed all the big games. And the, the year prior, um, the last two derbies he's played in, one of them was at the Etihad, and that one is the one where he scored two goals in the second half. Mm. The other one was under Solskjaer, which we lost 2-0, but we put in... I mean, look at the team that he played with. I mean, that's the most... Mateo Darmian is starting along with Ashley Young and Luke Shaw. I mean, there are so many defenders on that pitch. Where's the attack going to come from? And we held City. We put in a defensive shift one of the best performances against the pep team from anybody. Yeah. And he was influential in that. They just scored on a ridiculous goal and De Gea made another error because De Gea was in poor form. So yeah, you can't blame, you know, and since then he hasn't, he really just hasn't played. But then I looked at, at um, is it a problem though, Paulie, that you're 90 million pound player now, it's almost getting to a point where you're 90 million pound signing or, Again, I don't want to keep bringing that number up because that's just a, a fee that he's not responsible for. But is it a problem that he's? it seems like he's not trusted for these big games now, if you know what I mean? It's like it's almost as if like he can't play in these games. I don't know whether that's the manager's thinking or whether it's the tactical setup. But he, he, there are, he isn't playing a lot of these these big games at the moment, is it? And why, why is that? And is it a problem? I mean, he's not. not I think you go back... You go back to Chelsea in the FA Cup last year, and at the time, we were screaming that this team was tired and burnt down and needed to be rotated. And Solskjaer, he tried, what he tried to do was what he tried to do against PSG. He tried to put out a, a team that was going to keep that game tight for 70 minutes and then say, okay, now I have Martial and I have Pogba to bring off the bench for some added firepower to try to win this game. Because if, if you go back to that day and go through Twitter... Um, in the first half of that game, everybody was making comments being like both Lampard and Solskjaer would, would go to penalties after 25 minutes if it was offered to them. You know, yeah, they were yeah. both they were both trying to do that. And it's not that it didn't work. It was it was it was just that Eric Bailly got hurt after 40 minutes. There was a long delay, and then United conceded right before the right before halftime when they were readjusting their shape and they David De Gea had a howler. Right after halftime. But then Pogba, you know, who Martial won a penalty late. Who gave him the ball? That was Paul Pogba. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, this season he started against Tottenham, and then Solskjaer said, Look, you're not on your you're not on your best form. And he wasn't. Mm. And he took him out for PSG with the same form with the same plan. It was I after 60 
to 65 minutes, I'm going to bring in Pogba. We are going to change how we're playing. We're going to play X way now, and he's going to make an impact. And you don't blame him for trying that again against Chelsea because, again, we were worried about the pace of Werner and Havertz coming back at you. He, he put him in there against Leipzig, and you know the mistake was probably keeping him in there against Arsenal. So it's not like he hasn't been trusted. Mm. It's just he's been poor. The rest of the team has been poor. And I think this, this is from someone on Twitter who's he's pretty hit or miss, but he's, he tells me he's a Stratford end season ticket holder. And I think this is a pretty good um, barometer of how people feel. And for those listening later, thank you very much for listening. I'll read it out. It's because the core of the local support hate Pogba on radio phone-ins, the pubs, et cetera. Local accents hate him. Pogba gives the perception he is doing us a favor being here. Nobody is bigger than Man United. Local fans prefer him to go. He'll never turn that local opinion around now. Mm. I think it's your thoughts. So yeah, well, first of all, point on that. If there is a stigma with the local thing, and again, that's a sweeping generalization. I've got to admit, because you know, let's 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 just clear something up there will be a lot of local people that are a big fan of Pogba as well I don't want to make out that there's all Manchester hate but a lot of that will come from the fact of the Ferguson verdict on him I think poorly you know we had we saw this in 2012 obviously Alex Ferguson messiah to all Man United fans whether you're local or not decided that Paul Pogba wasn't quite gonna make the grade and well whether it was that and but, he, but sir, like people that, forget Sir Alex Ferguson tried to re-sign him he sent yeah. Patrice Everett to convince him to resign, and at that point, it was just Rayola had gotten in his head and and said, "We're off." But there was there was a judgment call at one point by Ferguson, though, and I just think that that is what taints and that's what influences people's opinion on, on Paul Pogba a lot of the time. You'll always see people say when he's had a bad game, oh, "You see, Fergie knew, Fergie knew this, Fergie knew that." For sure, and it's just like, well. Actually, that was a decision made when he was a hell of a lot younger. He actually did exactly what he needed to do. He went away and reinvented himself, Paul. He took himself away to a new challenge, a big challenge, by the way. It's never easy for a young player like that to go abroad and break into a team such as Juventus. And he did everything he needed to do in order to become probably even better than a Manchester United player, to be honest. We were lucky to have him at that time. You know what I mean? I mean, there were bigger clubs interested than, well, I say bigger clubs, I'll say probably more successful clubs, more, you know, clubs that were, you know, doing really well at the moment that also wanted him at the time we re-signed him. So I think United were quite fortunate to get him back when they got him back, given the current situation. But yeah, it's just, I think that that's where this opinion comes from. It's just the whole thing that, Ferguson made a judgment call at one point and everyone just lives off that poorly. Yeah, I, I don't I don't disagree with that. And there's two things in this in this tweet that I wanted to highlight. The first, Pogba gives the perception he is doing us a favor being here. I don't necessarily completely agree with that, but I completely understand why you would think that. That is not a completely unreasonable thing to think. He does kind of act like that. But, you know, in a way, because like we said, you know, he's never, you know, his, his Twitter, his, his Instagram, the bio is he's an Adidas football player. He doesn't, it no longer says he plays for Manchester United. He plays for Adidas. He, you know, the way he talks when he's with France, he's always talking about something other than United never will really talk about United. So if, if you are enjoying yourself and by all means he might be, you know, you you 
I'm not going to say he doesn't try because like when he scores goals, he's, he's full of smiles and everything. And he steps on the pitch. He's full of smiles, but like there are really simple things you can do that would go a long way. Yeah. And, and this fan base more than any, Paulie, love that, don't they? They love a player and showing affiliation to this club, kissing the badge, like you say, little simple things, maybe even just changing his Twitter bio. I mean, if he was to change it now, of all the times, to change it now, Paulie, I mean, everyone will just start saying he's signing a new contract. That's how massive it is, and that's what it means to this fan base. So, yeah, you're absolutely spot on, and that's what I mean. Sometimes you just want him to embrace being that Man United player. And this idea that he could be the player that could change our fortunes, embrace that challenge as well and, and, and look, make it look like you want to be doing that, if you know what I mean, even though you might feel you can't or you don't want to. Yeah, and the last the last thing, the last thing that, that's, that it said in that tweet, uh, the local opinion, he'll never win over the local opinion. That's 100% true. He never will. And I said this, you know, at the end of Ollie's first half season. It's probably, you know, we need Manchester United need Paul Pogba. It's best for Paul Pogba to leave Manchester United because there's just too many fans who, who despise him, who think he never came through for us and don't, are never going to give him the benefit of the doubt. And they're always, and there's always going to be that level of hate. And it bothers me because it all comes from the sky high expectations that yeah. he was given because of the 90 million price tag. And like I always say, people expected him to be Roy Keane versus Juventus every single game. Okay. And people expect him to be Paul Scholes in his prime. Like we talked about this last week, Paul Scholes in his prime. Yeah. He hit some from distance, but he also played further up the pitch and as a second striker and off to the, and much more attacking roles. I mean, you know, the early 2000s, Solskjaer was always injured. Uh, Sheringham, York, Cole were on their way out. When it was Van Nistelrooy, it was, you know, who was our second scorer? It was Paul Scholes. So the thing is, Paulie, like how many fans, though, these days base their opinion just on a transfer fee? So they see a player. Everybody, everybody, everybody. And, that's, and that's a really scary thing as well. And I mean, I've probably been that fan at some point in my life when I was probably a bit younger. And you do, you fall into the trap that, they, oh, well, it's 50 million. So I remember when we signed when Sebastian Veron all those years ago, you know, I think he was a record scientist. I just think. Well, he's come for all that money. He, he, they say he's the best midfielder in the world. Why is he not doing it? Fabian Bartes was a £10 million goalkeeper, never heard of, really, apart from Buffon in that era. Why is he not playing well for us? It doesn't mean anything, the transfer fee. Right. The transfer fee is based on economics more than any, especially in today's days. Uh, back then, it probably had more to do with how good the player was. But yeah. today, it's entirely leverage and economics. And we see this, this comment from Lokish, and thank you for the comment. Keep them coming, guys. Get involved in the conversation. Uh, we want to hear from you. I know that this is a topic that everybody's talked to death about. We're going to move on quickly or soon, I promise. I just have another point to make. I think he's longing for a balanced midfield to play in. He is a victim of United's bad recruitment. That is 100 Percent yeah, true. Great argument there. Yeah, you can say that. That you is 100% true. But here's finding a great CDM, Paulie. Right. So, so here's the thing Pogba is, you know, like I said, Skulls played further up the pitch. Pogba is playing deeper. And it's, he's, he's, he's only going to be as good as his teammates are when he's creating chances. Like, so yesterday I saw a video that was put together of all these times that United have screwed up Bruno Fernandez passes. And they're, oh man, this guy would have so much more assists of his teammates. And I was like, bro, if you think that we have screwed up a lot of Bruno passes, because we really haven't, Bruno does not create a lot. We are 
really efficient with Bruno Fernandez. But you should see what we used to do to Paul Pogba. Uh, Zlatan Ibrahimovic, his his one year here, led the league in big chances missed. Now that's kudos to him for um, you know getting into position to get those chances. But who do you think served him up the bulk of those? That was Paul Pogba. And, and Zlatan led the league. He led the league by a country mile in it. He had 18. The next person on the list had 13. And think, when did Zlatan's season end? February. Yeah, that's how many chances that Paul Pogba was serving him up. It wasn't just Pogba; it was Mkhitaryan, Mata, Rashford, Mark, but the bulk of it was Paul Pogba. Yeah. And Zlatan just wasn't, you know, he Pogba hit the bar five or six times a year. If Pogba, you know, if he scores three or four more goals, and Zlatan puts away five of those, so it's just thirteen, thirteen in terms of big chances missed. Five of those, you're looking at Pogba's season entirely different. And yeah. thus you're looking at the rest of Pogba's career with United entirely different. And that's what people say, like, you know, that argument, he doesn't come through in the big games. Well, look at what he has done against the top five, against the, uh, the rest of the big six in England. And now let's look at what he's done against the big six or the top five, the other five best teams in Italy at the time that he was in Serie A, which is AC Milan, you know, the big games, Inter Milan, AC Milan, Roma, uh, Fiorentino was a top team at the time. He's scoring more for United than he was for Juventus. Yeah. So even if he is not scoring much more, that's the, that's the basis for the 90 million pound transfer. So yeah. what were you expecting? And to, to go one step further, you look at what he did in the Champions League for both for both clubs. And again, it's better at United. So what was, you know, like you look at the Juventus numbers as the baseline for the 90 million pound transfer, and he is outperforming that, but the perception is still so much that he isn't coming through that that has caused everybody at this point five years later to form this narrative in their head that he's a, he's a letdown that he's never hitting the heights. He has hit, you know, he is playing a more defensive position than he was at Juventus. He's scoring more, he's producing more and it's not enough for us. And, and be, and because of that, it'll never be enough for us. So that tweet's absolutely right. He will never win the, um, he'll never win the, the public perception back. No, it's yeah. I, I'm uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, that I find that really interesting, Paulie. But I think the other reason you've got to look at why he was a ninety million pound player, Paulie, is like I touched on earlier. He, um, he was so in demand at that time. Real Madrid really wanted him. Zidane was the manager, you know. I think one the was Zidane. The, yeah, Zidane was. Yeah, Zidane was just. I think just got the job. I think so. You know, he. He really wanted Paul Pogba. I think United had to pay more to make sure they got the deal done. And then, obviously, whatever Juventus and United agreed with, Raiola was a massive part of it as well, obviously, you know, in terms of get Real Madrid probably wouldn't have been prepared to deal with agents in that way, which fair play to them, that's fair enough. So, yeah, let's. I think we get a little bit blinded by the, by the transfer fee, definitely. And there was a lot of reasons behind it. And also... This guy's like image rights, the marketing, all the things. That That's what it is. The marketing. I mean, there's a reason. Well. There's a reason that Adidas steered him to United. Yeah. And well, again, yeah. look, his Instagram and Twitter says it all. 
footballer for Adidas. He goes where Adidas tells him to go, and there's a reason that Adidas wanted him at United. They did not want him going to Real Madrid, and that could be a problem. You know, like we know Lukaku wanted to go to Chelsea, and Rayola said, You're going to Man United. Maybe Paul Pogba didn't want to come home. Maybe he wanted to go to Real Madrid, but Adidas said, You're not, you're going to Manchester. And yeah. because it was worth more money for them and to him, and, yeah. and thus to Rayola for him to go to United than to go to Real Madrid where they were, you know, they were saying, you'll just be one of the stars versus at United, you are the star. So Adidas wanted him yeah. to come here. And, and, and the reason that it's 90 million is because of that marketing potential. United made so much more money off of Paul Pogba than they spent on that transfer fee. Yeah, exactly. That, that, that's why it costs, you know, he costs 90 million, not so much for his on the pitch exploits, but because of what he does off the pitch. Yeah. Now, Paulie, look, we could, we could talk forever about Pogba. In fact, I reckon we could do two shows a week on Paul Pogba, to be fair, couldn't we? Quite easily. The happy hour could be the Paul Pogba hour, couldn't it? Quite easily. I do just want to, looking at social media, I want to move it on now to a player that we've, we've also overlapped and talked about quite a lot tonight already, in Bruno Fernandes. And, and I've got to be honest with you, you you put a video, a little clip into our um, group chat earlier on, Paulie, and I had to watch it three times, to be honest, just to make sure I was hearing what what, what I was hearing. And, and certainly, they tried to get my head around the context. I'm going to let you read it out, Paulie, because obviously it came from you, so I'll, I'll let you go with it. But yeah, let's have a little look at this. This is a transcript from the video, and this is what people have had to say about Bruno. You go for it, Paulie. Yeah, so it was a video from the Red Talk podcast, I guess. I've never I've never heard of them and I'm not trying to I'm not trying to call them out or anything. I am I'm or you know, I I've honestly never heard of them, but this is a, a, people have. Yeah. And what he was saying, they were talking about Bruno and he said some corner assists and some assists where he passed the ball five yards and Martial beat three players. I haven't seen this guy do one thing his whole time at Man United that's made me go, wow. The most impressive I've ever seen was the little dink that he'd done to Martial against City, that quick thinking just to lift it over the top. But that's not special. Literally anyone can do that. Yeah. Joe, where do we start with this? Well, Paulie, to be fair, I had I was really damning of this. And then we were sort of conversing a little bit. And I had, you actually made me think a little bit. And to be fair, I mean, I don't want to sort of tread on your toes, Paulie. You could... You could talk about what you said probably in more depth in a bit, but I can understand a little bit why they say about there's not necessarily been a lot of wow factors. You know, there hasn't been a lot of things that have made you go, <gasps> sort of gasp and, and really open your eyes. But the issue I have with this comment, Paulie, like I also said to you, is the context of it. Now, I think this is, I think I didn't see the start of this conversation and I haven't listened to the rest of the podcast, so I'm not sure. But I know that this is a Pogba sort of loving, I think, podcast from what I'm gathering from this, from the information that I'm seeing. You know, they are massive Pogba fans. And my issue with this is the context of it, Paulie. So when I say that, I mean, they are trying to make other players look less irrelevant, less um, less valuable or whatever, to try and raise that profile of, of Paul Pogba and, and the importance of Paul Pogba to United and I think they see Bruno Fernandes like a lot of people do now as the sort of talisman at United and, and the main man and they feel like the way that they can project Pogba is to be like making someone else up silly it's a little bit like Paulie 
I've seen it before, like we we use use the analogy of the university and meeting your friends earlier. You know, if you're on like if you're on a date with a girl and your friends there, sort of thing, or there's a girl there and there's two guys, the guy will start having to go at the the other guy because he's trying to make himself he's trying to make the other guy look small to make himself look better in front of the girl, if you know what I mean. And and this is what I feel people are doing with Bruno. I think they're discrediting him because they want him to make the other players around him look better. And that's fine. But it's, at the same time, it's got to be right, Paulie, because if you don't, then you just look silly. And I couldn't believe what was coming out of their mouths in terms of the context of it. But I don't know what you think of it. I'll let you give your thoughts. So, yeah, this we'll start with this this comment from Joseph, who says the person that said these comments is known on Twitter for making things like this. And we know, I, like, we know it's a fan channel and that that's what they do. They, they make very bold, divisive statements to, to rile people up uh, because that's what sells. And yeah. we don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. Joe doesn't want to do that. Hater doesn't want to do that. Media don't want to do yeah. that. Yeah. Elite football show. Hammer that subscribe button. Get us to 700. Um, we don't want to do, you know, we'll make the statements that have to be made, but everything's going to be backed up. You know, the the just the way that I, I just showed Joe the numbers, like I'll make, if I'm going to make an outlandish statement, I'm going to, I'm going to have support for it. And it's going to go beyond, oh, this is just what I feel and, and trying to get you outraged. Paul, we've, um, just, we've just given a great example of it. We have there given so much credit to Paul Pogba and, and sort of slammed the myths. But at, we, at the same time, we haven't done it at the expense of Bruno Fernandes. We haven't done right. it. And, and I also, and, and I've also said, I, I don't disagree with a lot of, the, the reason that we yeah. that we dislike or that there's negativity around that, yeah. I, I understand the perception. I just I'm saying like, look, if you actually look at the numbers, it's not the perception. the The narrative is wrong, but I understand it's not going to change. You know, I I don't understand what fans were expecting, but for forget that. Let's go on to Bruno Fernandez. Yeah, let me say like, look, what he said. He's never. I don't think he's done anything really at United that's made me go wow. I don't disagree. He really hasn't. That doesn't make him a bad player. You don't have to be a wow player. I, I, Marcus Rashford has maybe once or twice made me go wow. You know, yeah. I but think Bruno in, a lot he does wow a lot of really simple things. He does yeah. a lot of really simple things really well, and he his effort level is off the charts. And he came in. And and filled a glaring hole in United's team and has taken them to new levels. And I remember when Rooney scored that goal uh, against City, the bicycle kick. And I got a text from a fr from a friend right after who said, you know, it's funny. I was just thinking, like Rooney's been great. He had thirty something goals the year before, but like he hasn't scored one of those spectacular goals that he was known for when when he was a youth in a while. That didn't make him any less of a player. You know, like just because there's no wow doesn't doesn't mean you're bad. What I will say though is is you're 100 percent right. Is it's because like our fan base is so bad that we have become yeah. It's either Bruno or Pogba. It's yeah. Pogba or Bruno. It's uh, you know, if, if you say that you know it's it's it's, yeah. it's that person's and our fan base, and, and this is something else that goes around with the international break. It was another thing I put on the bingo square because we got it. Is 
you know, you get your Paul Pogba comments, uh, you get a United player getting hurt, and then there's the PR or just random comments that are stories that are dropped that make Bruno Fernandez out to be like a god. And we saw uh, last, you know, last week, Mason Greenwood missed a pass to Bruno during training, and then he's dropped against Everton. And then last, oh, you know, his his daughter dropped uh, two draw fours on him in Uno, and he got so pissed off. And look, one footballers freaking love Uno. I I have oh, I have firsthand. I have been told by someone on the squad how much money some of the England players lost playing Uno during the 2018 World Cup. Mate, footballers, Paulie Bruno thinks that's bad. I've been plus sixteen before, mate. You know, what I yeah. mean, that is no that Bruno, is not a problem. Footballers love Uno, but also like. Yeah, I, I remember playing as a, against my dad as a kid, and every so often I'd get that smirk and I'd hit him, draw two, draw two, draw four, draw four, uno, I win. And the next game, my dad would come back ruthless at me. Like, yeah, I, you know, anybody should be pissed off. <laughs> I don't care how old your daughter is. If she's old enough to count that she can hit you and she's old enough to strategize that she can hit you with the, um, with the, the draw four, draw four, like, you you do that and and look, this isn't to say anything about 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 Bruno. Like as Joseph is saying, like it's impossible not to like the man. Yeah, he wants, and I love that about him. Can I tell what you I, about Bruno, Paulie? It's just this this idea that he's he is super competitive, and there's no doubt about that. But at the same time, Paulie, he's super competitive, but he doesn't need the appreciation for it. I I get this feeling that. I mean, he said about the goal. I mean, the perfect example was the Rashford goal or the non-goal against Everton, obviously. He didn't care, Paulie, whose goal that was. It doesn't... This guy is not about the numbers, really. I think, you know, he's, he's more about just making sure that his team is successful. But that's what I love about it. It's that blend of he is ruthless and he, he does want to be successful, but he's not selfish with it at the same time. Right. I mean, look, he's fantastic. I just... This is more about the fans now is yeah. why do we have to pull Pogba down to push Bruno up? And the other thing is, you know, what's, we, we should be able to criticize Bruno Fernandez. Like, I think that at this point now, Fernandez, because he came in and had an impact, yeah, he has been so elevated to a god now. It, it, it's so frustrating. Anytime Maguire misplaces a pass, it gives Bruno the armband. And... Oh, he beats his, you know, he's, he's going to go out and beat his daughter. I don't know. I give it, that's my captain. And it's the fan base just kisses the earth that he walks on and he's not perfect either. And there's, there's no reason for, you know, Bruno Fernandez, let's call a spade a spade here has been playing like crap this year. And, yeah. and then people will respond. Yeah. But he makes an impact in those games. Even when, even when he plays like crap, he makes an impact. Really? He played well against Newcastle. We won that game. He played well against. Everton, we won that game. He played well against PSG. We won that game. He came off the bench against Leipzig. He played well. We won that game. Where was he against Crystal Palace? Where was the impact? Where was he against... Uh, nobody played well against Tottenham, so it's not... He uh, went off at half-time as well against... Right. Tottenham. Yeah, yeah. Uh, where was he against Chelsea when he played like crap? Where was the impact? Where was yeah. he against Arsenal when he played like crap? All right, Brighton. Well, he had an assist, and he scored the goal. Okay. His assist was he hit the ball into space. Rashford took it and did his best to try to screw everything up, but finally put it in the net. And the goal came. Yes, he did take the free. He did take the corner. Maguire wins a penalty. 
were in that situation because Bruno let his man run free for the equalizer. And we're in that situation where it's an equalizer because Bruno gave away a penalty. So from stats up last week, Paulie, that suggested in the big games where United have struggled, his touches around the box are less, aren't they? In the area. And that's exactly so he gave an interview this week where he, he talked about coaches always say I'd make a great number six. I like to play as a number 10. And that's I have an article coming out sometime this week about exactly that. Like Ollie's got to make a decision, not so much where kind of where Bruno's going to play, but we talk about the balance between freedom on the pitch and staying and, and being structured. And Bruno's a player that needs freedom. He likes to move around, but you got to find a balance because if you're going to play as a number 10, play like the number 10, because we need somebody there. If you drop into midfield, our forwards aren't good enough at creating their own shots. They need a number 10. It's all the things that Pogba's criticised for. You know, this this when Pogba roams and leaves his position and leaves his other DM floundering, it, it, it's Pogba's fault for everything that's gone on in the world. You know what I mean? Where I, I sent a clip to Hater after... Uh, with it. I sent a clip to Hater after the Chelsea match or the Arsenal match of Pogba, like, making a a pretty good... He makes a little bit of a run and then tries to make, like, a 20-yard pass forward, kind of on a diagonal, and it gets intercepted. And I was like, if this was Bruno, everybody would say, oh, but it's fine because he's trying to pass forward. Yeah, yeah. you got to be in your position. We saw it against Everton. When you are when you get the ball in and around the box, great things happen. You're really freaking good there. Yeah. But we need you to be there. And people, right, we've gotten to the point where, and this is what I don't get. We have gotten to the point that everybody, it's, it's either Bruno or Pogba, and that doesn't make sense. No. Look, United, it's, it's tough to see on this little thing, but United didn't, their underlying numbers did not get better last year when Bruno came. I'll, I'll be the first to admit this. I was skeptical about Bruno when, when he came, I thought, um, you know, he exploded in Portugal for one year. His numbers were terrible in, in Italy. They weren't great in Portugal. He exploded onto the scene for one season. He gives the ball away a lot. Why aren't all the United fans were saying, we got to sign him. I was like, why isn't anybody else interested in them? And I thought it was a good move from United to wait and say, let's see you do this again, year two. And then first half of the season, he was doing it again. It was like, yeah, absolutely, snatch him up now. But I also didn't think he'd be a savior. I very much said he's going to improve us because right now we have an an Andreas Pereira-sized hole in our team and everything falls apart there. So if we get anyone, not necessarily good, just competent, in that spot, we will improve. And he came, and we did improve. Um, That's the thing. Are we judging him poorly because it was so bad before him, if you know what I mean, that I, he does look amazing now? Or, you know, if we'd have always had someone like a David Silva there and then Bruno Fernandes is following that, I mean, are we are, are our expectations different, if you know what I mean? Are we, well, are we thinking everybody gives him credit because, because the results... The results turned around, but if you look at at the underlying numbers here, and I mean this, you know, this actually does include when they had the that first that top column without before Bruno actually includes the five games where they had Pogba, so it makes their numbers look a little bit better. Um, yeah. But their underlying numbers were poor. But their underlying numbers in the first half of the season said they should be doing a lot better. It basically said if you play these performances over and over, you're going to win more often than you're going to lose. Yeah, the XG is higher. The XG is higher. Yeah. And 
football tends to balance itself out. And Bruno came in. We didn't, you know, okay, Wolves, I'll give him, I'll cut him some slack. You know, we had Andreas Pereira and Fred as the other two midfielders because Matic was suspended. So he had to drop back because Andreas Pereira and Fred, no, you know, they're never going to get there. Um, we, that Chelsea game was a very even game. We, we burned ahead of them on a, we won that game basically on a corner. And there's, that's kudos to Bruno because he does bring that set piece ability that we didn't have. Um, and that, that says a lot that there's, there's a lot there. Um, so kudos to Bruno on that city, you know, Watford, you go back to the first half against Watford. It was brutal. We were bad and we pulled away on a penalty. And then in the second half, we, we blew them away just on counterattacks, which is how we played in the first half of the season. City, City was a game where we, first of all, we beat them on a free, on a set piece. So again, his value is there. We're not, I'm not questioning his value. That was a game. There are three, you win games in three ways. One time, you know, one way is you are the better team and, and you just overpower teams. You know, think about basically Newcastle this year. We're the better team. We had firepower to bring off the bench. We wore them down. We beat them. Then there's the games where you just you have no business winning and you and you steal them. Think about uh, the 3-1 against Arsenal when David De Gea made save after save after save. You know, we had no business winning that game, but we stole it. And then there's the time where you just put together a phenomenal game plan. It's a tactical masterpiece, and you just out, you know, that wins you the game. And that was that city game at home, PSG this year. You know, we had the better tactical plan. So that, so yeah, the results swung in our direction, but like the underlying numbers suggested if you keep playing like this, it's not going to keep going like this. We also had our worst performance of the year against Everton during that, that part. But then at the end, you see this when Paul Pogba comes back in the team post lockdown and all of a sudden the numbers shoot through the roof. Yeah. And this is the biggest thing is why are we, why is it Bruno, not Pogba? Why is it Pogba, not Bruno? United are the world, Paulie. We want to see them both on the pitch together. That's United are not a better team when Bruno plays and Pogba doesn't play. They are not a better team when Pogba plays and Bruno doesn't play. They are a better team when they both play. Yeah. And you and right now it's been tough because Pogba has been on poor form and Bruno has been on both on poor form. They, you know, they they have both been inconsistent and they've both been subbed off and Pogba's been dropped and. It's not to say that's wrong. It, it hasn't been. He has deserved to be dropped. But United are at their are going to be at their best when those two are on the pitch and they're both on form. Oh yeah, without why, So instead of like being all divisive, um, instead of being all divisive, let's take in, into account that we have both of these guys and we should enjoy them. And yeah, yeah. you know, Lokish, Bruno's intangibles also have a huge impact. He's not wrong. You're not wrong, Lokish. Uh, yeah, Bruno came in. Basically, it's the things we don't see as well, isn't it? Like the influence in the dressing room, the training ground. I don't doubt he's definitely lifted some standards at the club, I think, Paulie. Definitely. And 100%. I think 100%. In, in training, especially. I can, I can, I can see it myself, Paulie. I've not been to training, but I can just imagine him being disappointed with lapses in standard. It just won't do for him, mate. 100%. He's Look. The guy, as I said, I was skeptical when we were signing him. The guy has completely won me over. I mean, I love the guy. He is fantastic. And 
And it's, you know, there are, I think he can improve so much. I think as good as he is, there are so many simple things to his game. And that's, he's a frustrating player to watch because there's so many simple things that he can do better that would, imp- that would make him improve so much. Um, yeah. And, and that, that, so that, yeah, that frustrates me a bit. Yeah. Um, but like you said, the intangibles, he is a leader. And we need, you know, maybe, do we have a leader? Yeah. Do we need more leaders? Yes. So yeah, yeah. that was a huge, you know, Odin Igalo came and filled the exact role that we needed to, that we needed to fill. We needed someone to play in the Europa League, the FA Cup, and play those minutes so Martial doesn't have to. And he did that. Is he a leader? No. Like, Bruno came and was a leader. Some players are, some players aren't. But fans were also, right from the moment he came against Wolves, they're like, oh my God. Look at Bruno. He's yeah. pointing at players and telling them where to be. Like, Paul Pogba does that too. Harry yeah. Maguire does that. Like, we have Scott McTominay does that. Like, people were fawning over this guy. Like, to the point that it was, it was, and like, that's the thing is we've, we've elevated him to some God. And like, yes, everything that he has brought to the team, the ability to, to take set pieces, his leadership, all those intangibles, they are important. But don't think that suddenly if we just got rid of Paul Pogba, we'd be fine because we have Bruno. Like he isn't good enough to carry this team on his own because the rest of the pieces aren't good enough. You know, like no play. No play. I mean, look, Man City's got special players, Liverpool's got special players, but they all need the other players around them. And I just want to say for we yeah, I mean, on. think about Kevin De Bruyne and how good he was and how yeah. City, you know, what they get 99 points when he was injured and they won the title. Yeah, I mean, exactly. And De Bruyne, again, like Pogba, is only as good as the person who puts them fantastic passes away that he puts on a plate for Aguero and people like that. Just want to say before we move on, Paulie, on Bruno quickly, I was at his debut game against Wolves. It was a draft nil-nil match. It was a poor game. But I remember the crowd and it was just, it was it was the same. I think it new signing everybody wanted to see. Every time he got the ball, there was an anticipation. I think he had a few pot shots from about 20, 30 yards during that game. Yeah, five and they were terrible. Yeah, nothing really. I think one maybe forced a save out of the keeper, but he had a free kick at all. And it just felt like everyone was like, wow, all of a sudden we've got a player here look, that's not afraid to have a shot from distance. And Yeah, but if that had been Rashford who would have taken those shots, it would have been like, why are you shooting there sort of thing? So I just think it's anticipation about a new player and people just get overhyped, don't they, sometimes? You're on mute, mate. He shoots from distance too much. Drives yeah. me nuts. Yeah, There is a value to shooting from distance, though. Like, we saw it last year was it Sheffield or was it uh, yeah it was Sheffield like yeah, 18th yeah. minute 18th minute he tees up and shoots a ball that you know there's like four people in between him and the goal and it gets blocked but that's fine because it's the 18th minute and the next time he got the ball three guys ran at him he passed it off this is what Mason Greenwood needs to learn he passed it off to Pogba Pogba gave it to AWB Juan Basaka puts it in front Marcial scores the problem with the um, family, though, Paul, Paul, Paul is if you look at his highlight reel from Sporting, there is absolutely some worldies there that he scored from. There's some worldies. There is also some really, really bad defending. I sent one of the goals. I sent one of the goals to my mates. I sent one of the goals to my friends, and they responded, "Whose testimonial is that?" And but, the goal, yeah, and the goalkeepers as well. Some of the goalkeeping positioning in some of those long-range shots were just off as well. Like, yeah, like there was reason to be skeptical. The fact that he hit the ground running, 
in the Premier League, which as you see, like Kai Havertz does, does, hasn't hit the ground running. Like it's not easy. Like that's a tremendous accomplishment. This guy is a superstar, but he's not the only one. Like that's what we have to remember. Like don't put him up to and put like don't put Paul Pogba down to put Bruno yeah. up. We need yeah. them both. We that's need Paul's lesson from today's show, Paul. That is your lesson. You can, you don't need to put someone down to big them up, and that's you know in football and in life, obviously. You know what I mean? You, you just you, their qualities will show. You know, there's lots of things Pogba can do that Bruno. I mean, as a physical specimen, Bruno has nothing on Paul Pogba. Right. Paul, 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 I, I tweeted this today. Paul yeah. Pogba is a more talented player. Bruno Fernandez is the better player. That's yeah. it's as simple as that. But you know, like. When we don't play with someone who has Paul Pogba's talent in the team, when you play with Fred and McTominay, you end up asking Bruno Fernandez to do way too much, and he can't do that, and that's why we struggle. I mean, that's why we and that's why we struggle to beat Chelsea and Arsenal. We need we need someone to be able to get the ball to Bruno in dangerous situations. Um, and and the yeah, like the funny thing is, uh, like I was saying before, he shoots too much from outside the box, but it's. It's it's good because that opens things up. Like against Bournemouth, they all ran out to him. He slotted it into Mason Greenwood, scores a goal. That threat is good. So every so often you need that. Against Istanbul, him, Rashford, had like plenty of chances to shoot from like 30 yards out, which is not a great shot traditionally. But like you need to do it just to establish the threat. Like I always say, it's like in American football, you run the ball for two yards into a wall of defensive linemen and you do it over and over and over again so that you can open up the passing game so that the other team doesn't know what's coming. So for some reason, the man who's so trigger happy just doesn't shoot against Istanbul. You know, like that's what it is. And and Hader would agree with me on this. It's his decision-making at times can be so frustrating. Because sometimes it's not that he gives the ball away. It's that he picks out the wrong pass. And yeah. and sometimes he passes when he should shoot. And sometimes he shoots when he should pass. Mm. So there's so much room for him to grow. And, and he can, you know, that's like when, when United fans call him world class, I'm always like, all right, slow your boat, slow your boat. Because this is why people hate us. Because we, you know, we over, we over, we overrate everything. Like yeah. Bruno's a fantastic, he has, he, he can easily become world-class. I mean, it's literally like adjust two simple things in your game and do it consistently. And you'll be world-class with ease. You you'll be world-class without, without opening up your eyes. And it's good that he hasn't got that ceiling yet, Paulie. It's good that, you know, it's good for us. It's good to see that there is, there could be more, you know what I mean? That's exciting to know that he could get even better really. Right. So, I mean, the guy's a superstar, Donny van de Beek, superstar in the waiting. That doesn't take away from Paul. Like United still need a player with Paul Pogba's talents. He is still an incredible talent. He's been better than you think. I mean, he's he's off form this year. He's glaringly inconsistent. You hope now France are going to kick off in about an hour, and I I hope I, I'm pretty sure it's a dead rubber. So I hope Pogba doesn't play because he's already played two games this break. I hope Bruno Fernandez doesn't play for Portugal. But you hope that you t- that he takes the form uh, from. Saturday when he played as the deepest midfielder to Shams making comments about um to Shams making comments about how Solskjaer plays him out of position and then plays him in a deeper role than Angolo Conte. Yeah. I mean the newspapers will print anything. Deschamps has made some really interesting comments during this international on 
Martial, I think he's been saying as well, how he's impressed with his maturity and how he's grown up and he's got a lot better. But didn't he miss a hat full of chances against? Yeah, but I mean, that was they were they were great saves. Like yeah, this wasn't this wasn't Martial squandering chances. This was. I hate when you say that. I hate when people say this. Like, oh, but it's it's good that he's getting the chances. But like the runs Martial was making, it's good that you are making. That's what I want to see. I don't really care about the end product because you are such a good finisher that if you keep making those runs, those balls will come. You will finish them. I just want to the fact that you are making those runs. Let's let's keep doing that. Keep making those runs because that's what we need. Deschamps just gets my back up though, Paul, because I do feel at times during these international breaks, he's never really been the most helpful either. I mean, he's even chipped in about comments about Pogba himself in the past. In fact, at the start of this international break, I think he suggested that um, Paul, uh, Pogba will be, um, you know, happy, you know, happy to be away and and sort of happy to be here, and that you know he is a great player and all this. And he just he's, he seems to stoke the fire for me with our players and. He, when Martial's not been playing well, he's been quick to get on his back as well, which is not helpful. We all know Martial's somebody who probably needs a bit of an arm around his shoulder. So, I don't know. I think Deschamps has got it in for United a bit. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah, but, like, I don't see it too bad saying Paul Pog was happy to be here because it's a better atmosphere. Like, remember, United fans are blaming him for the loss against Arsenal. Like, French fans don't blame him when things go wrong. French fans love him. So, it is, it is a nice – and, like, again, when he said it's been the hardest time of his career, it has been. So, you know, sometimes you need that break, go to your national team, play with different players, you know, get a, get away, and then you could take that. Fo- I mean, Rashford went through a tough period last year in September. He wasn't scoring goals. Uh, he got hurt against West Ham. It was a debate. Should he go to the national team or should he not? I, I was like, I was on both sides of it. I said, I, he kind of needs to rest that ankle. But he's been so poor, and fans are getting so on his ass, even though Martial's hurt and Pogba's hurt, and he's being asked to carry this whole team on his back, which eventually broke. Um, go to go to England, play with Kane, play with Sterling, play with Sancho, play with those guys that are talented. Hopefully you score a goal, and you take that momentum back. And he scored a goal, and what did he do? He came back, he scored against Liverpool. He scored, uh, you know, the next week he scores two against Chelsea to knock him out of the League Cup, and he, and he went on fire. And you hope that Pogba does that right now. Will he play against West Brom on Saturday? I don't know. I have thoughts on it. It's the subject of our poll question. We are out of time, though. The poll question is about Saturday, so we are going to hold that off until Thursday. Um, So stay tuned. We are out of time. It's another very great hour, Joe. I had a blast talking about this with you, even though even – during the internet, even during the dullest part of the international break, when there is literally nothing more, there is always, we are Manchester United, hated, adored, never ignored. There's always something to talk about. I had a blast with you. We will be back on Thursday where we can finally look forward to Premier League football being Woo. back. Like and subscribe. Smash that button for the Elite Football Show. Thank yeah. you so much for listening. And we right, will guys. see you on Thursday. Thank you very much, guys. Yep.